Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's talk about sleep. Listen to these studies from Harvard and Johns Hopkins. Chronic sleep deprivation has been shown to lead to depression, diabetes, obesity, and cardiovascular disease. We need eight hours of sleep. One of sleep's biggest problems, temperature. Tough to get good sleep if you're too hot. I want to tell you about the Pod by 8 Sleep. The Pod by 8 Sleep is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. It was developed by leading sleep researchers after tracking 43 million hours of sleep. It combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically. That means if you like the bed cool, your partner likes the bed warm, now you can have both at the same time in a crazy comfortable bed. Sleep longer and deeper so you wake up refreshed and ready to take on the world. Try the pod for 100 nights, and if you don't love it, we'll refund your purchase and arrange a free pickup. They already sold out of their first two batches, so they're going fast. For a limited time, get $150 off your purchase when you go to 8sleep.com pro. That's E-I-G-H-T sleep.com pro. 8sleep.com pro. Well, this is Jeff Fedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valero and I discuss the Chiefs' big win against the Bears on Sunday Night Football. We'll also get into the final regular season game where the Chiefs host the Chargers. Joe, uh, there's a cool scene from the uh, – Chiefs game against Sunday night football, you know, it was the holidays. Everyone was in a good mood. As the Chiefs players came off the field into the tunnel, Coach Reed's wife, Tammy, was there in her mm. big fur coat. She hugged Coach Reed. Then she would ha- hug half the players that came awesome. off the field. It was awesome. kind, of a nice, kind of a nice moment. You just saw how, how yeah. happy, how excited the team is. He's a family guy. He, he, totally. you know, football is family for him, and that's awesome to hear – that she was greeting the players with, you know, big holiday hugs uh, in cold soldier field. So I think that's awesome. I love hearing those kind of stories because, you know, that's what motivates players that one extra degree, right? Is feeling like they're part of something, part of a family, you know, the hunt family just emotes that they, they live it, they breathe it. You know, they've always made the chiefs of family. And I'm so, so excited that coach Reed yeah. is bringing that, you know, and speaking of family and soldier field, you know, <laughs> I, I, I've, got a, here. I've got a little, it's a good segue. <laughs> I've got an interesting story for you about soldier field as I'm watching the game, you know, from afar uh, back here in Philadelphia, you know, back in 1996 in the preseason, we were playing the bears in, in a game that there's two storylines to that game. It was 
one of only, up until that point in 1996, one of only several games that had ever been canceled because of weather. Um, granted, it was a preseason game, so, you know, it was the, and it was the last preseason game of the season. Right, so right. We'd already played four others. So I think we played five preseason games that year because mm-hmm. um, we had the game in Monterey, Mexico, which they, did, they didn't really count. Well, they counted it, but it was an additional game. So right. it, was, you know, it was our fifth preseason game. You know, it, it, the lightning was so bad. And the rain was so bad that basically the two coaches just met at the 50-yard line and said, let's call this. this we, don't, we don't need this game. No, we don't need anybody to get hurt or fans to get struck by lightning or anything. So, so we moved in. But in, in, in somewhere in the second half, um, Lynn Swan right, had announced to the audience on Thursday night. It was a Thursday night football game. It was mm-hmm. the last preseason games. He had announced that my wife and I were having triplets. And um, what had happened was my wife was, you know, was, we, we were having a troubled pregnancy from the beginning, right? You're having triplets. There's all this crazy things going on. And my wife, Jennifer, uh, was, uh, was, was, was struggling a little bit while I was away at training camp. So I, I, had, I had to confide in Coach Saunders that, you know, there was a reason why I was, uh, sometimes I was distracted a little bit. And there were some things that were going on that I needed to sort of attend to in that, in that training camp. And I had, told coach Saunders look coach my and he had known Jennifer and you know she mm-hmm. was reactive with with the chief's wives and the charities that they had run and and I had told him I said look you know Jen's pregnant with triplets and we're going through all this stuff and we're, we're wondering if she should go home back to Philadelphia and be with um, her family and whatnot and so he he I, I guess maybe I didn't tell him to keep it a secret and he told Lynn Swan um at some point during the media during time, like the production meeting or something. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so all of a sudden Lynn Swan, they, they pan to me on the, on the field. It's pouring rain. There's my big face right on the screen. And so Lynn Swan says, Oh, and got some great news for the Valerio family. They're, uh, they're expecting triplets. And uh, his wife is 12 weeks pregnant with triplets. And, and, and he signed this, like they had some folks there from, from, Toy Story, right? Because uh-huh. it's ABC Disney affiliation. And so we're going to sign this Disney sign that's going to go down to Disney World. We're going to sign it from the Valerio triplets. <laughs> no one in our family knew that we were having <laughs> triplets. No one in our family knew that we were actually expecting <laughs> any children at that point. Oh, wow. Except for my mother in law and father in law, because they had come out to spend some time with Jen because of the medical issues she was doing. Uh-huh. So Jen's phone, the phone back home in Kansas City just exploded, right? And it was because there wasn't a lot of mobile phones back then. I think we had, I think we had maybe like an old flip phone or something like that, but we most of the phones back then were just in cars, right? Mm-hmm. Phone, house phone is just blowing up and, and everybody's calling. And it was, uh, you know, we, we play that tape for my daughters every once in a while and just let them know that they're, they're, you know, coming into this world was announced on you know the, by the Thursday night football crew uh which you know technically was the Monday night football crew and uh they they thought that was uh, they thought that was pretty cool what what a crazy story and yeah while that must have been angst ridden at the time makes it very cool for your uh family to know that that's how it was announced and of course, the lesson of the story, Joe, never confide anything in Al Saunders. Right, right. Coach Saunders <laughs> let the cat out of the bag. But, uh, but it was, you know, looking back on it, it was, it was very exciting for everybody to hear that on, on national television and, and to have that little clip of, you know, Lynn Swan and, 
and Al Michaels announcing that we were, uh, you know, had a little bit more earning to do at that point. So very cool story. Well, fast forward to Sunday's game also at Soldier Field, which Al Michaels was also broadcasting. Um, Kind of an interesting game in the sense that uh, it follows a little bit of a trend. The Chiefs won very easily is 26 to three. It seemed like it could have been even worse. The Bears couldn't get anything going. And it's kind of like the last several games, whether it was the Broncos or the Raiders, uh, the Chiefs really had things in control and kind of stepped on the brakes a little bit, you know, and controlled clock, did a little bit more, uh, uh, emphasized the running game a little bit more. Um, what, what did you see out of this performance? Well, I'll tell you, Jeff, what, what I'm really digging about this team as they're progressing, as this offense continues to progress, is the spread of, uh-huh. of especially with the wide receivers, right? They are the distribution that they have between that crew, uh, you know, with Travis at sort of the center of it, and then that dynamic team speed that they have, um, you know, with their wide receivers. I think it's it's um it's it's really opening things up for them and and the fact that you know quite frankly where does the defense even look at this point right you mm-hmm. know i i think about you know right now what you know kind of what the, the struggles that the patriots are having with you know it's it's edelman and that's it right they mm-hmm. don't have gronk anymore and they don't have you know that set of receivers like the chiefs have now um i look at the struggles that you know the the Eagles have had with not you know with only having this big tight end factor but no real receivers mm-hmm. to and, and how they've had to rely on the running game. I think it's, uh, it was exciting to see that there was no big plays. Everybody's saying, well, what do you mean no big? You know, why would you be excited that there's no big plays? Well, you know, big plays are great, but if you live by the big play, you can also die by the big play. And, and you're, you're, what they're doing now with, you know, we had confirmed this earlier when we were talking before we, we started recording, they didn't have any plays over 20 yards. The biggest play they had was 19. And, yeah, and that to me – is actually that's a positive because that's keeping the defense off the field. It's not allowing them to get completely and utterly exhausted um, because that can happen. Um, you know, if you're, if you, you know, you throw the, the, the 40 yard strike, the big 20 yard run, and then bam, you hit the end zone. It's like, okay, you know, you had three plays to rest and now the defense has got to come back out there. So I think it's, 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 it helps contribute to the total team effort. And I think it's part of the reason why the defense – look, I think it's part of the reason why the defense is playing better. They're just not out on the field as much. Totally agree. And that defense, yeah, five straight games, uh, 17 points or fewer that they've allowed. And I totally agree. You know, you look uh, back at last year or early in the season, the offense looked so magnificent. Patrick Mahomes is just doing amazing things, over 300 yards every game, these big plays. But, yeah, I think it, it just – it's a better winning formula – to have these kind of slower, more methodical drives. To put it another way, it, it reminded me it was more effective, but it's a little like the old Chip Kelly offense where you score mm-hmm. so quickly, but it stresses the defense. And I agree that's really helped the defense with these methodical drives. Uh, sure, Mahomes isn't throwing for 350 in these ridiculous numbers, but he's still, still making these incredibly difficult throws, converting these third and longs. And I think this, how they're doing it, well, a little more methodical is a better recipe for winning, especially in the, in the playoffs, too. Couldn't agree with you more, especially going into the playoffs, especially as they start playing teams that can eat up the clock on them. Right. You know, right. and they start looking, you know, the Patriots have always been a team, if they have to go, you know, head, head, somewhere to if 
well, I guess depending on how things shake out, they would head back to New England or if they have to go to Baltimore eventually. You know, those are teams that are – they're clock teams. They're ball control teams that have a sense of, you know, that same sense that we're just talking about, keeping the defense off the field and keeping the offense grinding and winning the field control battle. I love that Damian Williams, you know, was averaging four yards a carry. That's all you need. That's all Pat needs. He just needs mm-hmm. four yards a carry. He needs second and six. He needs third and two, right? You give him those kind of down and distance uh, situations, he's going to crush it, you know, because it just opens up the playbook so much for Coach Bienemy and for Coach Reed if they, um, if they have those kind of down and distance scenarios as opposed to second and nine, third and eight, right? It's just if they can get those four yards of carry out of their backs – um, I think that would really set them up for even more success. I, I just love the way things are rolling for them right now. And we, we've been following kind of the running back by committee uh, situation kind of all year. Uh, and it's interesting how it has evolved. In this particular game against the Bears, they won. Uh, LaShawn McCoy was a healthy scratch. Uh, they started Spencer Ware, who they really like for his uh, blitz protection, his pass protection. Yeah. But he got a little banged up, so they went back to Damian Williams – who had been hurt the first appearance since week 11 he had a hip injury it's just it's it, this what a just a rotation it, it's been crazy like they have one guy and he gets banged up and they bring in the next guy but this is the the best yeah it's looked in a while and they really emphasized Damian Williams so maybe what well, we're both concerned about this but maybe this is a solution going forward maybe Damian Williams now he's a little bit healthier can be the, that guy going forward I think so. I think it looks good for them and, and they'll, you know, they'll get a chance to, you know, to test that out against the chargers this week. And uh, I hope it, I hope it continues for them because I think it's opening everything up for Pat. It's giving, it's giving an open playbook for, for coach Reed and coach B to have uh, can you tell him a former player? I call them coach B and, and coach Reed, right? That's like, it's in my wiring. I just caught myself saying coach Reed and coach B And here I am, you know, it's just, it's just in my wiring to call them coach. I think it's just, you're also a polite, polite guy. Joe. I think you're just respectful. Too. No, I'm, a, I'm a lineman. And uh, you know, Eric, Eric, Eric B and I actually came in the league together. So we, we both came out in the, in the 91 draft. Um, oh, really? That that yeah, is, yeah. and people forget now that they see enemy on the sideline, especially um, younger listeners. How he was a great college <laughs> running back, not a good amazing. running. Like I think he was a Heisman Trophy like finalist. Like oh, that, he was in there. Good. He was in the mix. He was yeah. in the mix for sure. Yeah, he was. His fantastic football skills, and I think he's translated it really well. I think he's got a really you know great understanding of of what it takes to to succeed at at that level, and he's he's really a approach the game, you know, like a true professional in his coaching career. So I'm really excited that, you know, that he and Coach Reader are hitting it off. And they seem to, you know, the plays seem to be coming out a little bit smoother, you know, the way they're working together. I, you know, I'm going to go back again to Coach Spagnola again. I think, again, he dictated, you know, what the Bears needed totally. to do as opposed to vice versa. Um, and I love that about a defensive coach that – he's going to tell you what plays you can run, not, Hey, we're going to set up and, and, you know, you're going to go and, and see uh, what plays you can run. Um, I, I just, I like the fact that he's um, he's really dictating the game plan and putting it, putting the screws to, to the offensive coaches pretty early in, in the games. And coach Spags had a player that he briefly coached, 
during a stint he had with the Ravens, uh, back with him against the the, the Bears, mm-hmm. Terrell Suggs who yeah. got a lot of action. He was in on a lot of the passing downs, even though he'd been with the team less than a week. Mm-hmm. You know, it was interesting. At his, at his locker, he was just, after the game, he was talking about his performance. And he said, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really just a, a small piece of what they already have going. This team made the AFC championship game, you know, I'm just a small piece. He's like, and they've been so good. They've yeah. won the division the last couple of years. And somebody informed him it was actually the fourth year in a row. Yeah. They won yeah. the, and he just was fourth year in a row. You can't believe yeah. it. But Suggs, he made a couple of nice plays. He had a tackle for a short gain or maybe even mm-hmm. zero yards. He had another play where he pressured with uh, Frank Clark. That, that might be a helpful addition to compensate for those injuries at defensive end. You know, I, I heard a term over the weekend, Jeff, and I, I'm trying to remember which game I heard it in. Um, I think it was, I think it was, it was, it was the Eagles uh, game as I was watching. You know, the Eagles play the Cowboys, um, which was a great win. You know, for the Eagles, and and I heard this term championship DNA. Mm-hmm. And look, the Eagles are not going to go to the Super Bowl, right? They're my hometown team where I'm excited about, about what they're doing. Now they're going to hopefully make the playoffs. They can pull this off against the Giants, you know, beating the Cowboys uh, after losing to them earlier in the season. But I heard that term championship DNA. And, and when you go into a game like games like you're going into now, final weeks of the season, games you have to win, like it's, you just, there's, no, there's no option. You have to win these games, right? Because you want home field advantage. You want to try to capture a bye if you can. You know, we're going to be going into the playoffs. And, and Terrell Suggs has championship DNA. The way that that Eagles team came out and beat those Cowboys, even though every prognosticator, every prediction was saying that the Cowboys were going to run all over the Eagles. They have no receivers. Their running game is decimated. Got injuries so all up and injuries. down the line. Yeah. But they have championship DNA. So as Terrell Suggs gets onto the squad – he is that championship DNA is going to rub off on some of these guys and they're going to look to him for leadership, even though he's only been here a week or two weeks and hopefully three and four. And we go on to the Super Bowl, and we're six weeks down the road and he's, and we're still playing. Um, I, I think it's a bit, I think it's a great move. And I love his humility coming into it was fantastic for a guy who's so decorated might be a hall of fame guy down the line i mean yep. yeah to be that that humble for sure and he'll, i'm sure he'll get even more action uh against the chargers the week 17 opponent kind of a weird deal joe have you been in a situation where you're like the chargers that you're in week because i know for a lot of your chiefs tenure that the chiefs are so good at going to the playoffs were you in a situation like that where it's the last week of the regular season and there's nothing on the line? What, what is the Chargers mindset right now? Yeah, it's, you know, look, there's, you only get 16 games to perform, right? So players are, they're professionals and they are going to go into this game to win the game. So we, as, as Coach Schottenheimer used to say, you cannot throw your helmet out on the field and think that you're going to win. Mm-hmm. That's like, that is the kiss of death to think that, you know, you're going to just walk out and face a team that has no hope. They've, they're thinking about the offseason possibly, right? They're trying to maybe play some younger players to see what they got. They are, there's 53 dressed professionals on that squad with a whole bunch of guys on the practice squad and injured reserve that are backing them up that they want to win that game. And, and there, is no, there are no cakewalks in, in the NFL. Week 17, week one, preseason, like everybody wants to win. So – 
we're going to have to go out there and have that mentality. The Chargers are going to want to win this game. And and look, there are some of these guys are going to be playing for the next look, right? They might be mm-hmm. free agents next year. They're going to be they're going to be you know playing just as hard as they would if they were faced with you know a, a playoff uh, a playoff game. It could so I be think Philip Rivers' last game period, and you know he is a gamer. He's a future right. Hall of Famer. He's he's not going to he's not going to want to go out on a low note for sure. Right. So unfortunately, Jeff, with the Chiefs, I was never in this situation. Uh-huh. You know, in the six you know six years I was with Kansas City's playoffs every year. You know, wow. fantastic run. Um, you know. Um, I do, you know, at some point we'll get into maybe tell some stories about my my brief tenure with the Rams, you know, and 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 what that was like to go from an organization that was sort of conditioned to win, not mm-hmm. because of legacy or just because they thought they could, but they were um, they, they we were conditioned to win because of preparation, right? And that's the way Coach Schottenheimer and Carl Peterson's our general manager and, and Mr. Hunt did as as our owner. Um, you know, we were conditioned to win. We can maybe later talk about some stories about my time at the Rams because they were not conditioned to win back mm-hmm. then. Um, you know, it was a college staff that was on the squad. And it's really hard. It's, it's really hard for a team that knows that they're rebuilding to, to get that kind of motivation, especially when there's so many moving parts. Um, but I learned a lot of lessons going from Marty time was Lombardi time. And that's what we used to say mm-hmm. to go into an organization that was not condition to win um and it was definitely a struggle but uh you know hopefully uh you know the 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 chargers just for the sake of the game Mm -hmm. don't go into it with that kind of attitude because that's that's not good for the game what what's interesting about the chargers too is they're you know they have that whole deal with it it's tough they're playing their home games basically are away games uh and so they're actually because so many opposing fans just like the raiders did have 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 filled the, their home stadium. So they're actually better on the road. Uh, they have some talent. You know, they beat the Chiefs last year at Arrowhead with a lot of the same players. Uh, they gave the Chiefs one of their tougher games uh, in Mexico City. And really, the Chargers maybe outplayed the Chiefs, but they kind of were uh, self-destructive as they've been for much of the year. So, you know, they could very potentially make this uh, – it's hard to know how they'll show yeah. up, but they could make this a challenging game for sure. Definitely, Jeff. Definitely. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, you know, it's, it was a tough first quarter and a tough first half uh, in, in Mexico. I mean, it was, Phillip Rivers makes – they make a few mistakes, and, you know, they were driving the ball. They were running the ball. I mean, With it, ease, you know, yeah. Yeah, so we, 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 we cannot take this game lightly, which is kind of a little bit of a, probably a segue into the whole – playoff picture right i love this time of year for that um just for that reason um i was on a great website uh playoffstatus.com if anybody ever gets to check it out and they've got this this sort of matrix and this percentage chart of teams having the uh you know sort of the probability of capturing any of the seeds that are available um and and you know we've got they've got some great there's some great things going on at the at the bottom with the wild card with the between the um, the uh, the Titans the Steelers and and even um, even the Raiders right I think the, the Steelers are mathematically alive yeah. and according to PlayoffStatus.com they have a 15 percent chance of capturing that sixth seed right the last wild card team uh, the Steelers have a a um, a 30 percent chance. Uh, of jumping into it. The Titans right now, they have it a 55% chance and the bills are locked in. 
Mm-hmm. The Bills are the Bills. Even yeah, if they lose, yeah. they're going to have that fifth fifth wild card spot, which is cool. And then you get and then you get up to the division winners, and um, the Texans have a ninety three percent chance of staying locked in at four, and the Chiefs have an eighty eight percent chance of staying locked in at three. Um, the Patriots have a ninety five percent chance of beating the Dolphins and or the Chiefs losing, and staying locked in at number two. So that's the question. With a with seeing those kind of that kind of data as a Chiefs coach, do you sort of what's your game plan, right? right. I mean, right. I, what would you want to see as a fan, Andy Reid do with a ninety five percent chance of the Patriots just staying locked in and us having an eighty eight percent chance of staying locked in at the three seed? Do you risk it? You know, do you risk it all, or do you play football the way you're supposed to play football and say to yourself, hey, somebody could get hurt you know, walk into the store to get coffee. So, right. And for the record, he was asked about this a little bit after the Bears game, and he said, you know, we're going to go to win the game. Uh, that, that's what Reed said. But, yeah, well, how does it work? The NFL wisely did it so that both the, the Chiefs and Patriots are playing in the noon hour, so they can't look at, you know, the Chiefs can't look at what the Patriots did, and which is good. It will make for a more yeah. competitive game. But that's a great point. Um, yeah. What I would kind of like to see um, is if the Chiefs are up by a lot and the Patriots are up by a lot, then you rest Mahomes. You know, I, I, I think that give them, give them a half or whatever. Don't pl- yeah. play them less than that. I know there's a risk there. But, um, yeah, if, if, they're, if it's kind of like, you know, the Bears game, they were pretty much in cru- cruise control. And I'm not sure it will be quite that easy. But they could have – really pulled Mahomes if they wanted to in that you're Mm -hmm. you're obviously not going to uh in a week 16 game but a week 17 game with the playoffs next week that's a very uh realistic possibility yeah Yeah. I mean hey we'd love to be in the situation like the Ravens are in right where you can just treat it as a bye week basically right um start you know start preparing for some of the teams that you think you're going to play um and and that's that's a luxury that we, we just don't have you know listen we are where we are you know, we had some injuries to deal with, um, you know, ha- had, had Pat, you know, kind of in and out of those couple of games. We, sh- we were – the defensive game plan wasn't quite there yet, but they're really peaking. So let's, let's take it for all the positives that it, that it is. But at the same time, I do agree with you. If, if you know, they're going to know at least by halftime, right, you, you know, I think they still get internet service at Arrowhead, right? So <laughs> somebody's going to have some Wi-Fi there, right? They're going to be able to tell Coach Reed, "Hey, Coach Reed, the Patriots are up by twenty-eight, or hey, Coach Reed, the Patriots are losing by 14. Yeah, let's right. Put the pedals in the hey, middle. Right. You, you, you don't know, right? So at some point, they are going to have to make a decision. I think about what to do, given the fact that you know we can't. Number one, we we can't afford to lose Patrick Mahomes, right? Mm. It's just, we cannot, that is, that is a, that is a must. When you look at our offense, you know, and, and, and Matt Moore can, can certainly play and, you know, I'm sure he can certainly, you know, be a great leader if, if he needs to be called upon. But, you know, when you look at what our offense has, we don't have a Derrick Henry who can grind out 115, 120 yards on, you know, 25 carries in a game, you know, it's back, not, well, it's not the Christian Okoye days, Priest Holmes, you know, even, 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 even the Hunt days, right. Where, you know, where, where he could certainly change a game as a running back. Um, so I think, um, I, I think they're going to have to be really judicious what they do with Patrick based on, on how that game is playing out on both sides, right. Whether we're up, they're up, we're down, they're down. 
and, and, and go from there. That's going to be one of the more interesting things to watch is how Coach Reed deals with that with players, substitutions, and trying to win, but also trying to avoid injuries. Yeah, yeah. And Joe, we'll be back next week with our playoff preview. But in the meantime, I hope everyone is having a happy holiday season out there. And if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. And we'll be back next week previewing the playoffs for the Chiefs. All right. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.